We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Goff looks, Goff throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone, and getting in for the touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, St. Brown. The snap, he's got it, wants to throw, Wentz, looks, looks, pressure comes, Wentz, hit, sack, back inside the 20, Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast and the Tundra Pod from the Green Bay Packers. I'm Joe Moman, guys. As always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. We got our guys Jordan and Numac. How you boys feeling today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, coming off a Packers win over the Chargers. Um, but what we will see of Thursday's team, we don't know. <laughs> doing pretty good. Uh, same as Jordan. Coming off the high of a win and ready to... See how many players the Packers are able to field on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, how are we feeling? Three-game winning streak, short week. We got Turkey Day coming up. How are we feeling? Woo, what is going on, man? Yo, I'm feeling great, man. We got Thanksgiving coming up, one of my favorite holidays. We got the Green Bay Packers coming to Ford Field. And I got my guys here who I joined their pod, man. I had a great a blast with them last time I was on their pod, man. I'm, I'm having a blast, man. We, we're, we're actually doing a collab right now. This is awesome, man. Let's go. Yeah. Malcolm, we haven't won a Thanksgiving game since 2016. And this is the most confident, no offense, guys, this is the most confident <laughs> I've felt in a while of us winning a Turkey Day game in a minute. And I, I'm with you, Malcolm. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of all time. But I'm not going to lie to you. For the last however many years, they've been spoiled because of the Lions. Some of them we expected it because we weren't a good team. But, like, last year it hurt when we lost the Bills. Even though we played well, it hurt. And we've had some bad losses in Thanksgiving Day. But I'm feeling pretty good about this one. I mean, I don't know why you were that down, man. We kind of all expected. We played the Bills. So, I mean, even coming into the game, we were like, uh, we're probably we're going to get killed. It's because they played them so well, and it felt like we had an actual chance to win the game. Yeah, it felt so, like it was like a missed opportunity at the end. Yeah, definitely. So, as the game was going on, you know, it was a close game. And then, yeah, we got some little, we got a little bit of hope. But then it was like, oh, uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was okay. I mean, I wasn't too depressed. I was able to eat my food without throwing up. But I was all right. Yeah. I think the worst one in most recent memory was 2017 when we played the Vikings and never lost and we thought had the block field goal and then ended up being offsides and you know that that game just spoiled. Yeah, I mean, so many, 
Yeah, so many games like this. I don't know. And my family messed me up. They had turkey. They already served it while the game was going on, so I had to get coldish turkey, which was just, it was not the same, dude. All right, well, let's get into this game. <laughs> we got Lions Packers. Let's get into the injury report for both of these squads. Also, up with the Packers, boys. Whoever wants to read it off, I know it's going to be a lengthy one, so I'll just mute my mic and sit back, and you guys can go ahead. I guess I'll go for it. First and foremost, our uh, hopefully soon-to-be wide receiver one, uh, Dontavon Wicks, out with a concussion, if you could imagine, because it's just it's just not not going to sit pretty this week. Luke Musgrave went to the hospital. That's never a good sign. He had a lacerated kidney that he told the Packers training staff about, I believe it was on Monday morning. But before that, he was just like, yeah, well, I'll chill, and then ends up going to the hospital. They diagnose it. It ends up being just fine, but unlikely to play this week. Further, uh, star cornerback Jair Alexander has a shoulder injury. He was limited. It's going to be a long one, folks. I'm sorry. You're going to be hearing a lot of me. Um, Corey Ballantine, the quarterback as well, also has a shoulder injury. He was a full participant. Um, so hopefully he goes and we'll have somebody to put out there. Devondre Campbell, the linebacker, was a DMP after going out on uh, Sunday. Kenny Clark was limited. Josiah DeGuar has a hip injury. He did not participate. So that's two tight ends. We're down now. AJ Dillon, the only healthy-ish running back on the roster, was limited with a uh, with a groin injury. Safety Rudy Ford was limited. Rashawn Gary was a full participant after um, injuring his shoulder. I believe it was early-ish in that game. Um, Elton Jenkins has been on the, the injury report almost the entire year, thanks to a his uh, knee injury he suffered against the Falcons. Aaron Jones escapes the win against. Why am I forgetting who they played? Chargers. I'm blanking. The Chargers. Thank you. My word. <laughs> Escapes the Chargers win with the, just an MCL sprain after it was feared to be much, much worse. So he will not be playing. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, ankle, he might play. He was limited in practice. Uh, Jaden Reed, after his great day against the Chargers, um, was limited with a chest injury. Uh, Darnell Savage could play. He is in the window to return from his IR stint. So that would be a nice little help to the secondary should he play. Christian Watson, the opt in Christian Watson, was a full participant with a shoulder injury, but was limited on Monday. So again, hopefully he can go so we could have 53 guys playing. And then my, my young son, Emmanuel Wilson, a shoulder injury was a DNP. I didn't keep count, but I ended up, it looks to be close to 15 to 20 guys. guys. 17, yeah. 17, 17 guys. The yes. report. That's a third oh, of the team. I will yield my time to Tyler or Malcolm to go over the Lions injury report. <laughs> All right, my goodness. Yeah. Well, this one's a lot nice and easier. It won't take too much longer. I think the really only notable <laughs> one here is Jonah Jackson. Looks like he's going to miss another game with that wrist injury. He didn't practice the last two days, but everyone else is pretty much good to go. I mean, we have Isaiah Bugs, who was out last week with an illness. He's been a full participant in the last two days. Uh, Ify Melifanu, who was dealing with the hand injury, he's also a full participant. And then Ragnow, who obviously has been on the injury report all year, kind of like Elton Jenkins. He's been having the toe, and he's been having some rest days as well mixed in with those. He was a full participant both days as well. So that that's it for the Lions injury report. We only have four guys technically listed, one guy expected to miss. Yeah, that, that one guy. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> one guy one, that one guy is our starter. He's our starting um, guard. Um, I, I think it's, it's kind of a big impact because that guy is going against Kenny Clark. So Kenny Clark will be going against, um, look like it could be um, Shoresdale, the rookie. Mm-hmm. That that could be an impact. So hopefully they they figured something out on that end. If Kenny Clark plays, 
Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta factor <laughs> that in. As yeah, well. he has to play. That's right. He has to play. That's right. He yeah, I mean, I love how Melko sort of stretches. Like that one injury for us is like the of all their seventeen guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, it's yeah. like Joe is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but like. It's not even comparable to what they just said like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that report reminded me of something like we had last year going on when yeah. we had all the that we had the injury bug and it was like listing it was like 10 minutes to read our injury report. It was, it was uh, tough. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's weird being the other side of it because like, yeah, we're used to seeing like the four guys on the other side, and we're we're the guys listing 25 guys out of our roster with <laughs> you know just some type of injury. But yeah, there you go. That's the injury report. All right, I want to ask you guys a question, though. So we obviously played already week four on Thursday Night Football. How much would you guys say your team has changed from that game heading into this game on Thursday? It's a very interesting um, kind of way that we're going into this game, too, because it feels like the exact kind of game. Packers beat the Saints, came back. Jordan Love is is just like, oh, look, we have a quarterback. We have a future, future starting quarterback, everything like that. Then they proceed to lose four straight games. Everything just <laughs> goes to crap. The offense looked really, like, impotent, like, beyond belief. Aaron Jones missed a bunch of games. We're thinking of A.J. Dillon as this lead back. He's not even getting more than 30 yards in a game. Like, our rushing attack has been terrible. Um Jordan Love, all the mistakes start to pile up too. Like he's throwing interceptions, making the wrong reads, bad throws, whatever you want to call it. Defense is keeping them in games, but like they're playing the same game over and over again. So until like they beat the Rams a couple of weeks ago, lose to the Steelers last week, and then they just beat the Chargers again. And now it's kind of like, okay, you see the potential of where everything is. It's just a matter of all that coming together in one package. And I feel like we're getting closer to what we actually, you know, best picture scenario anticipated going into the year. But there's all these different things going on. And obviously, you know, we just read the injury report. We're talking about guys that are like number ones. If they're not starting wide or starting caliber players, they're really key cogs in this whole offense, especially since like the entire offense is banged up beside Jordan Love or whatever. So to me, it's like, it's very interesting <laughs> going into this Lions game because they came back to beat the Chargers and it's this kind of like, hey, the kids are kind of getting it together. And then the Lions who are, in my opinion, like it's them and the Eagles as the best teams in the NFC. And you're just waiting for that hammer to just like fall on them. And it's like, oh, well, Oops, <laughs> that, that's how I kind of feel about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting perspective. Um, You know, I feel like that's kind of where we were a little bit last year. Like, you know, we were that gritty team that maybe just wasn't ready enough, like to, you know, necessarily compete for the division yet. Um, You guys are young, obviously, having a whole new transition going from all the winning football there in Rodgers. Now you guys are transitioning into Jordan Love and, you know, he's shown moments both ways of good and bad. And, you know, it should definitely be an interesting matchup, though, coming into Thursday to see how much he's grown from week four when we first played him to now. Because you even saw the difference in that game. Like, the first half was pretty rough for him. But then you saw the second half. It was starting to click for Jordan Love and the offense. They were scoring more points on our defense. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that in the in the first game, it was a tale of two halves where the first half was just close your eyes and turn away. It's ugly kind of 
kind of mood. In the second half, he picks it up. But I think since that game and since the losing streak had ended, it's it's become a more full game from Jordan Love. And the offense has, hasn't looked. This has been the word of the week and the month because it's apparently not a word. Uh, chorful. It's just laborious to watch the Packers offense throughout that losing streak. And now it, it hasn't been so bad. It's actually been exciting to see some of these guys emerge like Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed, along with um, Luke Musgrave catching the ball and then immediately falling down afterwards. If you guys haven't seen those clips. That man is incapable of walking and chewing bubble gum or catching a football and continuing to run afterwards. So I, he's awesome. I think he's going to be really great. He just needs to learn how to run and not act like Bambi. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's going to be, in my opinion, probably a similar type of game having traded Russell Douglas, who was, um, one of the, the best corners, I guess in the league. Now there's people talking about him being a, a true starting all pro, our uh, cornerback one. It's like a good thing. We got a, a third round pick for him, but, <laughs> um, with Jair out, possibly he's been out the last two games. It's, it will probably be another route that the Packers maybe get into late in the game if they have some luck. But yeah, with all the injuries that they're, they're currently dealing with it, it's going to be a, a tough sled. Man, his, his, his sarcasm is amazing. It's amazing, but I, I want to ask, like, I, I haven't seen much of the Packers the past few weeks. Maybe you guys can shed some light on it. Um, how is his chemistry? Um, as far as Jordan Love, is his chemistry building up with those receivers now, or is it kind of like how it was in the beginning of the year where they're kind of off? Or no, so I think it's really building between everybody but Christian Watson, frankly. Yes, like yeah. Christian Watson and him, and him have a lot of work to do. Like the deep ball connection just isn't there. But between Jordan Love and then Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, it's going pretty well, frankly. Um, him and Romeo Dobbs have quite the connection in the end, in the red zone. And there was an article by our a friend of the pod, uh, Paul Brittle, who was talking about, like, don't let Romeo Dobbs's touchdown numbers skew you from thinking that he's been good this year. And we read it. It's like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. He's catching a lot of touchdowns, but he's rarely getting separation in any other asset facet of his game. And so I think Jordan Love's biggest thing is throwing in rhythm. He almost like, if he does his three-step drop and gets it out quickly, he's almost money the entire time. But the longer he holds onto the ball, the less accurate he gets. And so, so long as the receivers run their routes well, which they have been doing since the last time the Packers played the Lions, it's been pretty good. But once they get into like the years of Aaron Rodgers scrambling and trying to do improv football, then it gets a little rough. So it's... When we, when we lost to the Raiders, I had one on a, on a big diatribe on the pod saying that Josh McDaniels should be using Jimmy Garoppolo like the Packers use Jordan Love, and Matt LaFleur should use Jordan Love like Jimmy Garoppolo. Just like three-step drop, get it out quick, and just let him get into a rhythm. And that has become more of the process um, in the last six, seven games to where they're getting it up quicker and having some shots over the middle rather than taking five, six, seven shots downfield every game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, how are you guys feeling about your offensive line? Because one of the issues with the Lions recently, um, and I think it was one of our better games when we actually put you guys before was our pass rush, and it, it's been very, very inconsistent and spotty. And you know, we are waiting kind of for that spark right now, but we don't have our, I guess, ammunition coming this Thursday. Like we signed Bruce Irvin, and we have no idea what to expect. You know, the guy's thirty six years old, and. We don't know really what to expect when he when he is playing, and he's not expected to play this Thursday. James Houston's been on IR since week two, and he's one of our big guys at getting towards the quarterback. He came made made his, made his debut actually last Thanksgiving versus the Bills, and finished the season with eight sacks, which was phenomenal. The Lions' pass rush has been very spotty. Um, how do you guys feel about your offensive line holding up our defensive line in this Thursday's game? Um, I will say I, I understand like it because it's a pass rush because we it's mirrors how we have talked about Packers own pass rush where it's like you got Rashawn Gary and this, you know, they just extended him. He's, he's getting big money and all this stuff. And it's like, why can't you just get home more frequently? Like that's they how we get feel there. about Hutchinson. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is like that guy, I mean, what he's played three games against the Packers and I believe he's like had at least one or two sacks in each one of those. Oh, yeah. Hutchinson like, lives for these Packers games. I'm not going to lie to you guys. He lives for these Packers games. <laughs> so to the, to answer your question, he scares me the most out of 
a lot of the pass rushers that they've struggled with because the Raiders game, Newmark mentioned, they had um, Rashad, or, sorry, Rasheed Walker defend him, and Max Crosby's lined up all the line, just terrorized that entire game. Um, who's another pass rusher that Aaron Donald made mincemeat of like their interior lineman? Like, this is a young offensive line, and obviously, the elephant in the room is not having David Bakhtiari for obvious reasons. He's been going through his own health journey for the last three years. And you take that away, even like the David Bakhtiari of last year, who, you know, you could say was playing on one and a half legs or whatever. He was still like an all pro level guy. You take that away. You're relying on, you know, Ellen Jenkins is the best of the bunch. You're relying on guys that are, you know, second, third years. We're putting out a rookie um, in some cases. Like it's, it, it's very young. It's developing. They make mistakes a lot too. Like, Rasheed Walker has like at least like five or six like offensive penalties, whether it's false start holding. It just it that's where <laughs> I if that's where I could see this game going off the rails very quickly is that like if you get to Jordan Love, if you pressure him, if he has to make throws, you know, faster than he's processing things, that's where it's like, oh, we're getting in the danger zone kind of thing. Yeah. I think also if Zach or if uh, Aiden Hutchinson lines up across from Zach Tom, he might have a tougher time getting home. But if he's lined up across for Walker or Josh Diamond, he's probably going to have some success. Um, going against TJ Watt and Khalil Mack the last couple of weeks, Zach Tom held up pretty well. Like TJ Watt was, I think, had a sack, but it was a sack on which the entire defensive line and edge rushers got home. So it's between like if, if Zach Tom can perform like he did against TJ Watt against Aiden Hutchinson it'll be a, a good performance, but I think all it takes for that to just not be a factor is for Aiden Hutchinson to go the other side of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm, how are you feeling? Because I know your concern with this defense is like when we play a true number one receiver or something like that, and uh, you're, you're concerned about our secondary and our pass rush too at, at times because they're just not getting home enough. Now they kind of said their concerns with the receiving core. Like they don't necessarily have a number one guy. They got some young guys that are, you know, good in their moments with Reed and Watson and, wicks and you know they, they have multiple guys now yeah. does that concern you or do you think this is one of those weeks where the lines where they could potentially bounce back and you know get home more often or potentially not make these receivers uh, uh as much of a factor as they've been the last couple of weeks like keenan allen and dj Moore. yeah i think i think it's a pretty fair matchup i think between our secondary and their receiving core i don't think they have any elite guys um yet i think they have a lot of potential to have some guys that could, that could be elite in the future but as of right now, I don't believe we have an, an elite corner or even no, a number no. one corner. I think both of these guys are, are number twos in the league, and they should be guarding the, the second best, you know, receivers. But unfortunately, we just have two guys that are starting right now that um, are see are cornerback twos. And I think because the, this receiving core is so young, I think it's gonna be a good matchup. I don't see anybody favored on this side. Like I can't say that. Oh yeah, their receiving core is gonna completely demolish Cam Sutton or Jerry, Jerry Jerry Jacobs. And I can't say the opposite. I can't say that we're gonna shut them down. Um I think it'll be a fair match. I think they're gonna win some I think we're gonna get our get our share of um winning some battles too. Yeah. I mean so long fair. as so long as Kirby Joseph doesn't ruin my ruin my life again. Like two interceptions <laughs> in Detroit and then two in, in Green yeah. Bay. Like that man was a was a, a havoc last year. Yeah he's, he's no. been inconsistent this year. He's been a lot of up and down with Kirby Joseph. Last year he played phenomenal football and 
you guys kind of already hinted at it. Like he had a number versus the Packers, especially Aaron Rodgers had three picks on one year of you know on him. But it's it's been up and down for Kirby this year. We haven't really seen the same guy that we saw last year out of him. Yeah, he got one. He had one pick. What game was that? that was a couple weeks ago, he had one pick. They had the Chargers game, and then he had the one that Jimmy G just lobbed it to him on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So I mean, he um, I, I think the reason why he was so he played well so so well last year is because we played a lot of man and we played a lot of cover one, and he just had to play center field. You know, now we're playing a lot of zone, a lot of cover three, and. He is he's biting too much on the inside man and letting guys get behind him. That that's his issue mm. right now. So he needs to improve. He he just definitely needs to improve. That that that's his issue right now. And there's a lot of plays that are you know there's a guy wide open in the middle because he bit on the the post route. That's the, that that's the inside post right. He bit on that, but there's a guy going on top of his head. You know, so that that's his issue. Yeah, I don't think he played in that that game earlier in the year week four. I think he was out with an injury. So. You know, he'll be making his Packers debut, and like we said last year, he, he was living for those games last year. Kind of like, a, you know why I think Hodgson lives for those these type of games? It's Because it, I think it reminds him of, like, a Michigan-Ohio State game to a certain extent. You know, th- those are his Michigan-Ohio State games, like the big rivalry games. It feels like he always steps up. And, yeah, like he lo- – it, it seems like he has a different edge when he plays the Packers or like, the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. He's he's from He's from Michigan. If you grew up with a Detroit fan, he's watched us for his entire life. And if he has any sort of uh, fandom with, with the Lions, I'm sure he would love to make sure the Packers ever win again. And he'd be the reason for it. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually grew up a Patriots fan, which is crazy. But he, he claims that he grows up a, a group of Lions fan now. Because I remember after we beat you guys, he goes, oh, I remember Aaron Rodgers always kicking the Lions ass in the past. So, like, it, like I mean, it's different when we play him now. But I think he's bullshit, honestly. I love Hutch, but I think he's bullshit when he yeah. says that. That's like Tyler Hero, like, when the Bucks traded for Dame Lillard. He was like, I can't wait to get a Dame Lillard jersey. It's like, you grew up watching the Bucks when they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Don't don't kid yourself. He's got uh, Aiden Hutchinson's on, on the treadmill with the LeBron book with the first page open. You know, like, I, Aiden Hutchinson's <laughs> one of those guys that went to high school and middle school and was just talking shit to every Lions fan after every loss. Oh, look at Tom Brady. What he did for the Patriots? Because I think his dad played for the Patriots. So mm. I, think, oh, I, think, okay. I think that's the connection there. That but, makes sense. Um, I, I already know that's why he's talking shit. Like he would probably come to school every single day just talking shit about the lines. I could already. How tell about those? Really how deep. about those pats? Yeah. He was one. He was one of those guys. And Brady's a Michigan guy too. Obviously, went to right. Michigan, so I right. think that's why he cheered for them. But I, I could already tell he, when he says like he grew up a Lions fan, he's bullshit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um offensively for the lines though how, how are you guys feeling as far as your guys' defense being able to hold down our offense um not well <laughs> not, not well the thing so one of our questions is to flip it on you yeah um week four we saw this lions team just tore through the entire Packers run defense it's it's the story it's a story that goes back beyond like it <laughs> Their defense coordinator is Joe Barry right now, but we've had multiple defense coordinators, and the Packers still have never been able to stop the run since Michael Vick ran through Lambeau like 20 years ago. Like that is like the flashpoint. But I guess now with Dave Montgomery got back what two games ago? Yeah, he came back after the bye week. So the Chargers game came back. <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs, I've seen he's more used as the running back that everybody thought he was going to be. 
<laughs> my question is, is, I guess, do we have any optimism of, like, this Lions team is not going to run through us this time? <laughs> what I will say is, though, is if you guys can't stop the run or prove you can't stop the run, the Lions offense has no problem running the ball 40, 50 times in a game. Like, if, if you're proving yeah. that you can't stop it, like, they'll do it. And it kind of goes back to week four, like you mentioned, and David Montgomery came back in, from an injury in that game, too. And, you know, he had – I think that was his best game as a Lion was that Packers game, honestly. You know, rushed for three touchdowns. And every time we needed some yards out of him or some gritty yards, he he was able to do it. So I will say is, like, if you guys can't stop the run or prove that you can't stop the run, I don't think Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell will lean away from the run. And kind of like you mentioned, it, Jameer Gibbs has really came into his own the last three, three-ish games. since like that Baltimore game, even though he got killed, yeah. that was kind of like his coming out party. And he hasn't really looked back since um, since that Ravens game, I would say. Yeah, and the Packers, or sorry, um, just to kind of cross. <laughs> Packers have really struggled against like the Jameer Gibbs of the world, like Bijan Robinson. The second week of the season, just he didn't get a lot of snaps or got like a lot of calls his way. But like anytime he touched the ball, it was just oh, that's a ten yard run, that's a fifteen yard run. It's stuff that dynamic, like really explosive back. Jalen Warren a couple weeks ago, like they just don't have any answers for him. And that's where it's like, okay, we might just be seeing a repeat of week four. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I was going to say, man, that the the Packers, they really need, if if they want to, you know, try to get this upset against Detroit this week, they need to, you know, definitely try to stop this run game for Detroit. Because I know like in the past, for some reason, I don't know what it was. It's like, it just seemed like Green Bay, didn't really care about stopping the run. They're allergic. They, they are literally allergic to stopping uh, the run. I, 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 it's confusing because, like, you guys have some great pieces. You get Kenny Clarks. You got <laughs> you got you got Smith. Smith is there. I mean, you got some great pieces my to stop the run. My man's. We have no idea why they can't do it either. <laughs> like yeah, I was like I was looking at this the other day. And we were trying to. Uh, I was just doing a little thought exercise while feigning working at my my day job. I was like, if the Packers pick at like five, who's a good interior defensive lineman they can get to stop the run? I was like, well, who do they have now? How they grade out of college? Devontae White graded great at stopping the run out of college. Yeah, out of from Georgia, yeah. and now he just seemingly can't do it. And the answer is because of the defensive coordinator. Like I think the plan, Aaron, and the defensive uh, line coach, they just that- can't. They just can't develop a, a guy that can consistently stop the run. It has to be the scheme. I mean, uh, but this week. If you guys want to have any shot of getting this upset, stopping the run is huge for for Green Bay, man, because they have two backs that that are dynamic. Both both like we played the Chargers and we had over 200 rushing yards on the ground against the Chargers. And the last thing the Packers would want is something like that to happen um, this Thursday. So I think stopping the run is huge, and that's probably like you want it should be the, one of your keys um, to to get the, that victory. Yeah, the honestly, what makes the Lions so good and scary because you kind of already alluded to is like you already you view this team as a top two, top three team in the NFC. Is that like they are so balanced on offense? Like even if the run game yes. isn't necessarily working, like Jared Goff could win the game while passing the ball. Like we had one game this year, we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Montgomery got out during that game. Jameer Gibbs was hurt, so he didn't dress up, and we were left with Craig Reynolds. Divino Zigbo and Malcolm Hart was playing there in the backfield, right? <laughs> so, like, we, we had a non-existent running game. And 
it wasn't our best offensive performance by any means, but Goff found ways to win the game with his arm, which is something that people like don't ever really give him credit for. But he showed that he could win games on his arm if he needs to. Even last week, like one of his worst performances that we've seen him in the Lions uniform, especially in the last two years, put it all aside in those last two drives where essentially you don't have time to even establish a run or you can run the ball anymore. He won the game with his arm. So that's what makes the Lions offense so good. That is our identity. Our defense is average at best. And that's being generous if I say they're average. But the Lions identity of how they are where they are right now being an A and two is because they're off and what they could do with their offensive line, get the passing game involved and get the running game involved. That, that That's what makes them so dynamic. So with last, last week's performance against the Bears, I guess what did the Bears do that made Jared Goff's life so hard the, that first three and a half quarters before they before they came back? And I guess how how do you think the Packers could replicate it if it was replicatable, I guess, at all? <laughs> I'll let you answer that, Malcolm. How, how do you think they, they well, can do that? Well, I mean, uh, if, you just, if you're just looking at the stats, you're looking at three interceptions, you're like, man, yeah, Jared Goff is having a rough one, you know, but um, two of those interceptions – I, I don't put on golf. One of them, the receiver gets hit after 10 yards and there was no flag. And then the ball just goes right to the, the defender. And then the other one came up with tip ball off the line of scrimmage where it just got tipped. And then, um, oh, okay. yeah, so there was one one interception that Jared Goff threw right to the linebacker. Was, everybody was like, yo, what are you doing? Similar <laughs> to the first pass of the, the Packers game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I, I think, you know, to mimic it, Get your hands up in the line of scrimmage, <laughs> you know, to get a tip, get some tip balls. Um, I don't think Jared Goff makes too many crazy mistakes like that. This is actually the first game in the Detroit Lions uniform that Jared Goff throw multiple interceptions. Um, usually he'll throw one interception and we're like, what is he doing? And then um, usually bounce back and be able to he's able to perform. Um, but yeah, this this game he had three of them. So yeah, I mean, you want to get your hands up in the line of scrimmage that that'll mimic that that give you got a chance to mimic it. Or if you want to hit the receiver while he's in, in route, <laughs> that'll be another way. Like, like I'm not even trying to sound like arrogant or cocky, but like it was kind of fluky, like the amount of intercept. Like you don't, you just don't see that, like yeah. that often with Jared Goff. And you guys already alluded to, like that week four game, he threw a pick. I think, yeah, like you said, it was the first or second drive first in the drive. game. Yeah. And he, he'll have those every once in a while in the game. Like he'll have like one really like questionable decision. But other than that, like he doesn't get he doesn't let it get flustered. Like he, he still will put it past him and then like, just go ball out after. And that's something that I really applaud about golf is that like, he doesn't like, like get scared after like even throwing after a pick last week, three of them, like he was still throwing tight window patches to Amon Rossi and Brown. Like he wasn't scared to still sling the ball. So I don't know if it's repeatable, like to do what the bears did and causing three picks. Um, I would say the best way to win this game for the Packers is keeping the offense off the field. Now, I know you guys don't have Aaron Jones in this game. That's going to be rough. But something the Bears did very very well and why they should have won the game was they completely dominated the time of possession. They doubled our time of possession in that game. So if you guys can keep us off the field and have those long, lengthy drives, like the Bears had two eight-plus-minute drives in that game. If you guys could have those lengthy drives, I know it's a lot easier said than done, and keep that Lions offense off the field, then you got a shot to win this game. Like that, that's what I think the Lions could be prone to losing. And with this defense, you never know, man. Like they've had their ups and downs this year. So if you, if you guys can get your offense going and you can get the running game going, 
and keep him on the field for long consistent times, you know, that, that that's where the upset could happen. To your point of Jared Goff kind of, you know, throwing that early mistake interception in that first drive, what we saw from like that rest of the first half, like I know, like we talked about like the 211 rushing yards that the Packers gave up and all that stuff. Jared Goff was like picky a part of that Packers defense too. Like that didn't get talked a lot of or as much about because we're used to the run defense just not being great. But I <laughs> watching those drives of just like it's just surgical, like hitting Amon Ross St. Brown over and over again, finding the, the cracks in the zone because the Packers play a lot of zone. It's like he knows how to dismantle that defense so well that like, and this is not the other problem with the Packers too, is that it's not a team that forces any turnovers really. Like it's more aberrations when they, when they do get turnovers. And I think even in this year, like you meant again, mentioning that interception, they only got three points out of it. Like they don't make good on these breaks that go their way. And that's part of maybe being a young team and all that stuff. But like, it's not it's not their forte to, to kind of turn the game on its head by you know forcing a fumble or you know getting multiple picks or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and for and for what it's worth, I I tried to do a quick Google to see who had the most three and outs uh this year. I couldn't find that, but pretty close to it. Uh the Packers are the eighth worst team in, t- in terms of time of time of possession per drive. Oh, nice. Like yeah. their, their average drive is two minutes and uh and thirty-eight seconds, and they average uh six plays a drive. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you know how you guys said you guys don't really cause many takeaways. The Bears didn't really either before this game. I think I'm I'm looking at it right now. The Bears only had nine takeaways before this game. Now they have um, what they call four of them last game versus us. So now they have so they have 13 now. But yeah, they were ranked 27th in as far as defensive takeaways before this game. Right now, you guys are 29th with nine takeaways. So. I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, things could happen. And like I said, the, but the Bears weren't known to be a team that causes many takeover, takeaways either. And and yeah. also also controlling the time of possession. They weren't known to be yeah. that either. Yeah, they yeah. completely um, dominated the time of possession. That was another thing. That so, is I mean, something that's, that, that, that the Packers have been getting better at. Like, that was the biggest thing in the losing streak was that the offense just couldn't stay on the field. And they yeah. just weren't putting drives together. Defense was out there for, for so long. But in these last three games against the um, the Rams, the Steelers, and the Chargers, I think they've won the time of possession. And mm-hmm. like I think the Steelers game was the outlier in which they are a missed extra point away from tying and going to overtime at the end of the game. And so, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's trending the right way. But I think, to your points earlier, the offenses of the the Rams and the, the Steelers aren't that of the Lions. Yeah, and- <laughs> I think you guys played the first yeah. rip in two when you guys played the Rams too. I sure did. Yes, right. we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no! I think we forgot to mention you that mean- by design. <laughs> you mean Seattle Seahawks Brett Ripon? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, they cut no. him the day after they lost. <laughs> and he dropped. still wasn't good enough to even give him the Rams playbook. They still lost that game last week too. <laughs> yeah. That's not oh, good. Oh man, I mean, this is this this is a shock because. I didn't know that they were not really good at getting takeaways. And that's usually been the Packers identity. Like yeah. Packers of the past, they're all known for mm-hmm. take, getting takeaways, man. Um, So this year they're not really doing that. No, with Jair being out, it's been a little tough. Like Jair is known to get a pick here and there and jump some routes to be able to do so. But the secondary is just in like in shambles most of the year. Razul will get a pick here or there, but obviously he's not with the team anymore. Uh, they're starting – 
just Simone Biles' husband at safety, along with Simone Biles' husband. Is that then, actually true? Yeah, yeah. Really, really. Jonathan Owens is uh, Simone Biles' husband, and I she's know. at she's at like yeah. every game. Mm-hmm. And wow. so, like, yeah. So, uh, enjoy that little tidbit when you will probably see Simone Biles on the broadcast. On is that guys is like you're like I'm gonna rock and name all 16 receivers before he was drafted? Is that like you guys think you guys hear every broadcast? Yeah, Simone Biles like. is like our Taylor Swift now, I guess. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably what it is. Yeah, um, we had two of those: Stafford and Kershaw being best friends, and yep. one that Stafford yes. was here. And now it's I'm gonna rock a name all 16 receivers name before him. That's what we hear. They say that yeah. they say that every broadcast, every single broadcast. Right, like, we know this already, man. <laughs> that, that was that's been us. Like, but before the season, like, admittedly. Uh, before the season started, Jordan and I were drinking the Kool Aid. Like we had, like yeah, this team's like eleven wins at least, dog. Because well, we I did not say at least. I said <laughs> at least. I said at least. Because okay. I thought like that they were just going to roll with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Aaron Jones would be healthy, and what we saw from Jordan Love in the preseason. Like I was, I, I was drinking the Kool Aid, guys. It's hard not to. And from there, we had like. We didn't have like a prop bet or anything, but we're like, we're gonna hear so much about the the lineage of Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love all season long. And at the beginning of the year, it was it was almost nauseating. So I'm yes. glad that we're 11 weeks into the season and it's not there anymore. We get to talk about just how bad the offense has been. <laughs> so me and Malcolm, after our episode yesterday, actually we were just looking at the NFC standings and we were like kind of just looking at the six and seven seeds, like completely wide open right now. How optimistic are you guys right now that the Packers could squeeze in and make this playoffs this year? So, so <laughs> the whole reason why we were bullish is that when you know we're doing our you know playoff predictions and stuff like that, I was like, the one team I knew that was not going to be really good this year was the Giants. I thought they were. I, I just saw through it. And you everything. can say the F word. No, I fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was like, well, let's gun for their spot. Like, that's the spot that you'd have to get in there. Um, Not that it's a theoretical possibility that that they could. I don't I really don't see it happening. So going coming out of the win or like coming out of the win on Sunday, like three thirty. I was like, man. If they somehow make a miracle run and do this, like they could sneak into the playoffs. I we were talking about it on the on the pod, I believe, on, on Sunday's postgame pod. The I scheduled losses against the Lions and the Chiefs. But then they have like the Panthers, the Bucks, the Bears, yeah. the Vikings, Giants. and the Giants. Giants. Yeah. Like if they win like five their seven, schedule, their schedule has been, I mean, they were th- what third place third last place, year. Like yeah. it's not good. Like they have the capabilities to do it but it's why we're like hey best case scenario we can see this team being successful but it's right like, but then look at the injury report <laughs> then we saw like, like 17 players on the injury report well. and it's just like <laughs> if like if if aaron jones is out longer than like two three weeks that's gonna be tough yeah. um like it, it just it's just it's just tough sledding to have that many injuries to be able to make a player out front even against these teams that are significantly worse in my opinion than than the Packers are like the Giants the Bears even like the Buccaneers have a good defense and they've been playing teams close this year they're sneaky yeah Yeah, they could be in games yeah they're sneaky they get I mean we did a very good job on them defensively I mean uh offense yeah defensively we did a great job versus them but their defense yeah they they gave us some havoc they gave us some problems they stayed in the ball game for a while 
Um, I think it's going to come interesting when you guys play the Vikings. I think that's really the game to kind of really determine if you guys are a playoff team or not. But I'm mean, just looking right now, like the 60 of the Seahawks, Kenneth Walker's maybe a candidate for IR right now. Geno's banged up. And then who knows what have, what's going what's gonna to happen with the Minnesota Vikings going forward now. Yeah, the, the Seahawks schedule is really tough right now, so they could fall off a cliff. Um, Vikings, they still got to play us twice. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they play you guys. If you guys get even split these next two games, you guys have a shot. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's, it's at this point, it's it it's so hard to predict like them string. T- we're, we're starting to see them string together drives. Then it's like, okay, can you string together wins? Like, it's just taking those baby steps. Yeah. Because right. it is such a young team, even with all the injuries and everything like that. And, like, that's where I just kind of view this as, as much as they've been in games, because, you know, we could complain about, like, all these games going to, down the wire than losing, except for the Saints and Chargers game, really. They're in it. They're showing signs of life. They're showing signs of what they could be. It's just the frustrating part is like, why can't it all come together now? Yeah. And yeah, you know. they're just, they've been finding ways to win or that wasn't the case early on in the season. Like they, yes. the offense should have found a way to win the Falcons game because they lost that game. And part of the offense's inability to get something going in the fourth quarter. And then during the losing streak, like they just couldn't get anything going at all on offense. Yeah. And like Jordan said, stringing success together for them has been the growth point to keep them in games and now have them, winning their last two of three again a extra point missed away from being able to kick a field goal down in the fourth quarter to send to overtime yeah i mean honestly i'm not gonna lie to you guys no offense but i prefer you guys to i prefer to play you guys in the playoffs in the vikings because i was just looking at our schedule oh we, yeah we would be playing yeah. the vikings three out of our four last games if we played in the wild card round like like and i and i feel good about our team against the vikings but that's just tough to beat a team three times or you know you see a team two times before the playoffs and play them immediately right away like that that could be difficult yeah, yeah. The more you see of a team, the more you see. Oh, that's how we could defend that, or like take away their, especially best. how recent too, because it'd be all like, yes, they're all together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like a. It's that would be like a baseball series in that way. You exactly. Like, it's just, like a best of three at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a wild card <laughs> round. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But um, to answer your question, not good. I don't think they're gonna make it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, we didn't think the Lions were going to make it around this time last year. They got hot, and they almost had an opportunity to play in that Week 18 game versus you guys for a playoff spot. That is spot true. That losing, is very true. You know? Yeah. So yeah. You never know. You never know. Maybe the team gets high. You never know what happens. Um, All right. Um, you guys got anything else to add on this game, or should we get into our Thanksgiving questions? I want to ask something, I guess, brief. Just okay. um, for like the change from last year to this year. Like You guys were – a bit of a younger team like last year, sort of the pieces start sort of coming into the into the mold to really start growing into what Dan Campbell and company have made this team into a Super Bowl contender this year. Has it really just been the addition of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs that has reinvigorated this offense? Or I guess why does this offense look so much better than it did last year where it's it's keeping you guys in games as much as um I you called your defense average at best and I was shocked by that because I thought you guys had a pretty, pretty decent defense, but I guess the injuries have been plaguing you guys that way as well. But I guess what has been the difference? Now. Yeah, what has been the, the difference for you guys on offense this year? Oh, I would say it's just more consistency. Like it, it's a comfortability. Like I think 
Jared Goff is more used to this offense now than it was in the beginning of the year. I think him and the connection between him and Ben Johnson is just absolutely phenomenal. And the comfortability with his receivers is absolutely unreal. Like Amon Rossi and Brown and Goff have built that connection since last year, or I would even say since his rookie year towards the end of the year. And it's just taken steps and steps every single week. And it used to really only be like Amon Rossi and Brown. And then you see like Josh Reynolds and Raymond and, and no offense to Raymond and Reynolds. Those guys are very good players, very gritty players for our team. But you're seeing some more impact players have more of a say into this offense. That is guys like Jameer Gibbs, who who's got completely comfortable with this offense. Um, now you have Sam Laporta in the mix, who's coming yes. very comfortable in this offense. And now, as of recently, we've been waiting for this for so long. It looks like it's finally coming together with Jared Goff and Jamison Williams. I'm, it's not fully there yet. There is still a lot of work to be in progress. Like he's still having, you know, one two catches a game, and it's going to come to a point where I think he's going to get four or five catches a game, right? Like it's going to increase. I think it's getting there with JMO. So like the comfortability with his receiving core, having the trust in his offensive line. And then like you guys mentioned, having that running game to lean on with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I think it's just like everything's fitted perfectly right now for our quarterback. And our quarterback is very comfortable with the play calling. And he has a swagger right now. Like he's, he's playing very confident football right now. Yeah. I remember um, it all started mid season last year. Yeah. Um. When uh, we're like I said, we're just same as far as our injury point, just like yours. And um, we're getting guys back. We're getting healthier. Our schedule got a little bit lighter. And I knew that they were able during that time to to work on their chemistry, work on um finding ways to win, learning how to win, even against the teams that are not like the the best teams. Those 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 are probably the, the most helpful games when you're trying to learn how to win because you do it against those teams. And then um. You know that, like Tyler said, that chemistry between golf and Ben Johnson just grown. It just grown, and um, him being year two in that offense, you, you can tell that you know he's more comfortable. And this is probably like the the most comfortable golf that he's probably been as a pro. So, the, yeah, that that's definitely a help as far as our defense. You know, having Aiden Hutchinson there to to be able to put pressure on the quarterbacks is is a, is a help. And um, you know, Aaron Glenn has been doing a, a decent job as far as having the guys in the right position this year. Yeah. I would say, though, the running game has definitely helped. Like, you got more cons- – like, Jamal Williams was great for this football team last year at 17 touchdowns. But, like, it's a different running back room. Like, it- it's David Montgomery, I think, is an upgrade over what we had with Jamal Williams. And you guys could probably speak on that because you guys had Jamal Williams on your football team for many years. Mm-hmm. And Jameer Gibbs has just been a-, a way more consistent player for us than DeAndre Swift was like DeAndre Swift seemed like he kind of lost the trust of the coaching staff last year with this staff right now. They really trust both their guys, whoever's name is called on, um, you know, they're doing a phenomenal job. And between those two guys alone, they have a great connection. Like there was a clip that was kind of going viral when we played the chargers, um, you know, Jameer Gibbs at the one yard line. And usually that's a David Montgomery run all day. He's going to get the touchdown. David's like, Oh, Jameer, you want the touchdown? And Jameer's like, yeah, I'll take the touchdown. And then, you know, he, he got the <laughs> score. So, like, they have a good connection between the backfield. And it's just it's it's clicking right now. And it's been fun to watch. It sounds like you just hit the upgrade button from Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift yes. to Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery. Like, yes. that's just a simple press. Like, oh, we'll just take two better players <laughs> that fill those exact same roles. Yes. That's, that's, what that's exactly what it's been. And it's been, the durability has just been way more consistent. I mean, Jamal Williams is very durable for this football team. But – Gibbs and Swift night and day of durability. You could just count on Gibbs to do so many more different things with Swift. They were scared to use him because it felt like every time they use him, he, he gets hurt and he's going to miss three to four weeks. Yeah. They want to yeah. give him, they want to give him 20 carries. 
that's that's also Christian Watson. Yeah. Like oh Christian Watson got went in there and caught that's a ball. Jones. He's kind of hold your breath. Does does Christian Watson get up holding a shoulder or his chest? <laughs> yeah. So. All right. All right. So obviously this is a turkey day game, Thanksgiving. One of our favorite games to play, even though the lines have, like I mentioned, the the top, not much winning recently. What is your guys' favorite Thanksgiving memory? I know you guys don't play this game every year, but you guys have a, a good handful of Thanksgiving games, and you guys have played us a couple times. What would you say your guys' favorite Thanksgiving memory is? Jordan, Ooh, you're the I'm, history guy on this. I'm trying to think. There were definitely some Rogers Thanksgiving wins, but it's it's been a while. They haven't played. What was I should probably looked it up too. I couldn't remember the last time that they played the Lions. On I think it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, I'm looking at a. That uh, sounds right. Like it, definitely Rackett, not under. Yeah, because yeah, we've been yeah, playing the Bears and Vikings a lot on Thanksgiving. Like as far as division foes, like we have had some other guys. Like the we had the Bills last year, and like the Texans twenty twenty. But as far as you guys, yeah, it's it's been a while. I think it was twenty. Those are so weird too. Like because I just associate like. You see the NFC North teams play against each other on Thanksgiving. You see the Cowboys play Eagles, Giants, or Commanders. Commanders yeah, you know I mean? agree. Like, I, I think that's how it should be. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly wish they just do a three-year rotation. Like, just yeah, just yeah, one-year Packers, one-year Bears, right, exactly. yeah, and then just do it yeah. that. Way. I think like that's much better for the game. Like, I obviously you want to put the best teams in the in the spotlight on, on prime time on Thanksgiving. But um, looking at a uh, Milwaukee Joe Sentinel article of like the the top moments on for Packers on Thanksgiving. There's the 2007 game where Brett Favre completed 20 passes in a row. That, which is a crazy time. Uh, didn't know that Jason Garrett absolutely thwomped the, uh, the Packers at 94. Oh, I didn't know that <laughs> either. Yeah. Pa- uh, the Cowboys had the Packers number for a very long time during that time. But Jason Garrett, Jordan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the man himself. Yeah. No, no, I I honestly don't really have like a a best memory of the Packers playing. Like I think my favorite memories of just Thanksgiving games in general um, are just seeing all the players who like do well, just sink their teeth into a turkey leg. Like that's just so much fun. And as as, like a kid, that was so cool. Yeah. I remember uh, Randy Moss doing it. I remember like a bunch of guys doing it. It's just, it's just fun. Yeah, you guys had a Christmas kickoff last year, didn't you? I think versus the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. We recorded and, Bra- and the Browns before that too. Yeah, that was a freezing. Game, I remember it was. Yeah, it, Baker yeah. Mayfield like threw four picks or something like that. Yeah, and actually, to answer your question, I remember like I'm I love seeing like the throwback unis and stuff like that. And there was like a Packers Lions Thanksgiving game where they, if, granted, it's, these <laughs> jerseys are just like okay, you're wearing a yellow jersey. It's not like these jerseys now but it was like throwbacks then of like packers wearing just a yellow helmet like a white jersey with like the greed and then it's like that's it that's your jersey lions was like the blue silver like it just like you see like how it i guess like how it was back then and, you know, i'm looking at it. the picture it's it's like right? light light brown pants with a pure white jersey and a solid yellow helmet and the yeah lions have solid yellow or solid <laughs> silver helmets all blue jerseys and then silver. I pants. love those. I love those lines yeah. throwbacks. I'm not gonna lie, those throwbacks you guys were wearing last week for the Chargers. I was about to puke. Those were disgusting. 
I, I, I like Jordan's got a jersey. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh. A, I, you was, Tyler, do you like those better, or do you like the the solid blue? The blue ones are disgusting. Don't give me those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the ones <laughs> you guys wore versus the, the, circle, the circle numbers. I I, 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 hate I hate those. Those are one of these uniforms in the NFL. Those are what they the bumblebees. Have the, the crap brown helmet. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I can't do it. Can't do they do call them the bumblebees? Is that what they no, call them? No, the bumblebees are the Steelers ones. They're, Steelers. Steelers. they're, they're, yes. the, they're okay. in the same yeah. line with the bumblebees. Oh, yeah, those are, those are awful. I have a hot take. I like, I like the blue jerseys. I think they're good. Oh. <laughs> There's better blue jerseys. Yeah. The ones that look like they just put a stamp in the middle of their chest for their number. I mean, yeah. to, to be fair, I don't like any of you guys' uniforms because I just have so much bad PTSD as like a younger kid of like the Packers just always kicking the lion's ass. And it's like, so I, I despise the green and yellow, honestly. Like, <gasps> yeah, no, I don't want to. You guys, you guys owned us for a while, man. It's yeah, been no, this... no, I, I remember... totally respect any sort of ill, ill feelings. Like, I remember, I, yeah. I remember I totally those up. Get it. There was like a period where we couldn't win a goddamn game in Lambeau. Lambeau Field. It was twenty five like years. years. Twenty five yeah. years. <laughs> it was it was big when they the Lions broke that streak. It was like oh, you broke it with um yeah. Jim Caldwell, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Jim Caldwell, that was when yes. President Butler got a, a pick yes. for two or he got a pass breakup on the two point conversion, and we were freaking out. But then they get the onside kick. Kelvin Kelvin Johnson drops the ball. Are you shitting me? Come on, like when does that ever happen? <laughs> on an onside recovery, and then Mason Crosby thankfully shanked him. We won that game. Oh man, memories. <laughs> yeah, like for, like for Lions fans in general, like I I. Someone I forget who who told me like today, but they're like, "Yeah, I'm rooting for the Lions the rest of the year," and I was like, "They can honestly just lose this week, but then the rest of the year, I'm, I want you guys." To... <laughs> I can't do that for you guys. You guys have no. I get it. I, no, I no, can't, no, I, I no. can't do it's it. It's a one way street. We <laughs> understand. Yeah, we, this. we get it. We get it. Like <laughs> we we understand that this has been painful for. The we've rest had of our New York. we've had our time and someone yeah. else to take over for a year, and then it'll be good. When <laughs> you guys are too nice, dude. Like yeah. I was in Green Bay, I'm like I'm I'm ready to talk shit, dude. And these Green Bay fans, are like, oh, we're so happy for you guys. I'm like, are you shitting me, guys? You guys have caused so much shit for me for so many years, and now you guys are saying you're happy for me. Come on, like, yeah, dude, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you sad and like, I want to hear you disappointed and say, "Oh, I hate the Lions." I that's what I want to hear because no, that's what I get from Bears fans. That's what I get from I Bears fans. I, what? Weirdly enough, my first like football like like idol, I guess, or whatever. Not that I would ever become him. But I, I just loved Barry Sanders. I was young enough to see like his like last maybe year, probably. But I was like, those lines are really cool. And then the more you learn about the team, it's like, oh, they're not great. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, if it was like the Bears, like the Bears are, again, they're terrible. They're painted with, like, legacy of just, like, we had the Super Bowl team 40 years ago that everybody loved. Yeah. And they have been terrible since. They have been awful. Bears but, fans, in my mind, are very similar to Celtics fans, where they celebrate yesteryear's, like, yesteryear's success like they had it last year. And it's very annoying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bear, bear, bears, I will root for their demise every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I, I was in Green Bay, like I told you guys for week four, and like I'm even looking at all the like the t-shirts they're selling. Nothing is disrespecting the lines. It's all just disrespecting no, the bears. No. You guys just yeah. don't like the bears and like the Vikings. You, you, you guys maybe, don't care about us. But what's weird <laughs> is like I associate the Vikings as like the Packers rival more than the Bears because I've seen competitive shit on the Bears. <laughs> Right. I know it, but it's like it's, they're not that good. They yeah, they yeah. ruin everything they touch. Yeah, and there's <laughs> yeah. a fan base that talks a lot. 
Oh, they talked so much. They talked a lot before that week one game, and dude, that was, uh, so, that was our Super Bowl. So, when, <laughs> so, so when, it was. Pre, so preseason when we were doing these core predictions, I was like, I understand that they probably won't go and win as many games as I think they're going to, but I told Jordan, like, I will be so happy if they go into Soldier Field and kick the Bears' ass that I don't care if they lose the next 16. And then they won the Saints game and then went on that horrible losing streak where they looked like the worst in the NFL. Was, everyone was yelling at me, like, why did you wish for this? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, doing that to the Bears just filled my heart with so much. There's a lot love. of Bears players talking shit, too, before oh, this. So and many. obviously, it's Bears, Packers, and all that stuff. But, like, yeah. it was like, oh, it's our time. It's our time. And it's like, oh, oh no. Oh no! Now, now they're now they're rebuilding. Now, now you talk to a Bears fan, they're like, "Oh, we're we're we were building. What are you talking about?" Yeah, it's the it's the. That's not what you said. That's not what you said two weeks ago. They already they, 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 they've, last week. they've framed this house so many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Malcolm? Though, what's your favorite Thanksgiving memory as far as lines? Right, movie? Obviously, favorite favorite Thanksgiving memory, man. Uh, you know, I don't have many because we don't usually win a lot of things. We have some good ones. We have some good ones, but I'm going deep. This is. Honestly, I, was, I say this every year because this is probably my favorite game. Unfortunately, it is against you guys. There was 2003 uh, when the Lions played the Packers, and it was Brett Favre. And a lot of people didn't give us a shot to win that game because, you know, it was Lions 2003. We weren't a, a, a really good football team. Joey Harrington was our quarterback. And uh, we actually oh, won. We, yeah, we actually won that game. Brett Favre threw three picks. Was that like I was gonna say that? I mean, if it if it's the Lions being the crap out of the Packers, it's probably because Favre threw three or four picks. Like, yeah, and I think (laughs) you guys also. I think it was like a. I'm not sure if you guys played Sunday night or you played Monday and had to play Thursday. It was something weird like that that you got on a ridiculously short week and then um, you played that some Thanksgiving and then we we won. (laughs) Yeah, that. I I remember I, I can't remember how many times Fire lost that thing to me, but it was not great. Up to you. Looking yeah. at the box score of this game gives me uh what was the score? The score was 22 to, to four, 22 each. to 14. Yeah. Fox had two That's touchdowns. a weird score too. Two touchdowns, three hundred yards, three picks, and four sacks. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that, was, that sounds that right. Like, oh, and, and a fumble. And a fumble. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, we had his number that game, man. I remember in 2013, I think we had a very dominant game versus you guys, too. What was the final to that? Uh, Did we yeah, win in 2013? 40 to 10, yeah. We oh, wow. Tw- yeah. We, we won in 2013? I remember that. Yeah, we dominated that game. That was like was, one of our best games. Was um, the Sioux incident with Aaron Rodgers? 11. Was that game? That was, yeah, it was a couple years was that before. A, was that I'm a Thanksgiving look, game? Yeah, it was. I'm looking That's at right. J.R. Radcliffe's uh, article. And it was uh, yes. 2011. It was against it was... Evan Dietrich Smith, if you remember exactly. that name. Yeah. Jordan. Yep. God. Yeah. I would probably say for me, my favorite Thanksgiving memory was, I got two of them. 2016, our last win, when Slay got that pick on Sam Bradford and set up Prater for a game-winning field goal was electric in, in, the, in our Thanksgiving household. And then 2015, we absolutely destroyed the Eagles when Calvin Johnson had three touchdowns. Little did we know that was going to be Calvin Johnson's last Thanksgiving game ever. Um, but he absolutely destroyed Eric. I felt so bad. The guy was a, a poor rookie. They told him to go one-on-one versus Calvin Johnson, and Calvin Johnson and Stafford were just cooking all day that, that game. That, that was the worst game plan I've ever seen in my life. Dude, and they didn't adjust. It was Calvin Johnson, and they had this poor rookie saying, all right, we're just going to man you up. 
<laughs> no <laughs> help. No help. We're gonna play single high. No help. Just just keep him under control. He's not the same Calvin. Dude, that he has he had to have done something <laughs> wrong in the locker room. <laughs> like you just can't you just can't you gotta, eat it out. You have to eat this. Like that. That's what it was. Yeah, that was that was rough, man. It was yeah, fun to watch, though, man. He That's was rookie hazing to like a whole other level. Rookie hazing yeah. to a different. Level. <laughs> I think that was yeah, Chip was... Kelly's Eagles. So you know, obviously, I think it was. It was. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would that would make sense. Also, it, it's shocking. Twenty fifteen sounds so long ago, but I it also shocks me that Calvin Johnson is playing that late because I just think of him as what twenty twelve. I mean, he what, he is a legend. Yes. Yeah, but. I it's I don't know he did play so short I guess yeah. yeah that was like probably his last dominant game honestly that we've seen from Kelvin honestly it was probably that Thanksgiving performance mm. yeah he has so many injuries man that he so just, many injuries so many injuries that he fought through and still played and he was just tired man yeah because yeah. that was the year where like Golden Tate really like like Kelvin's your wide receiver one but like Golden Tate was like I think Stafford's favorite weapon that year but that Thanksgiving yeah. game was like Kelvin's a kind of like last vintage game that we saw from him last hurrah kind of thing yeah and we didn't know it was gonna be his last but it was it was awesome nobody yeah. knew nobody knew he didn't tell anybody but Stafford kind of had had an idea from that, that last game, game yeah that versus the Bears he kind of had a feeling yeah. like yeah because he he was like he was like give, give these cleats to my mom and Stafford was like oh yeah. yeah. So I was like, wait, well, why? In the many nights, in the many nights I, I scrolled TikTok. I saw um the interview with Calvin Johnson, like whatever it was through, and he talked about making that decision. And it was just like, man, like what a interesting um I guess line of thinking to get there. That he, yep, I'm just not telling anybody. I'm not gonna be a distraction. None of it. So I've always uh loved watching Calvin Johnson play. He put the fear of God in me as a Packers fan, uh knowing yes. that. We just couldn't stop any sort of like high flying offense. So, yeah, it was a shame to see him retire early, but I'm glad that he went on his own terms. Yeah. 100%. All right. Let's do our favorite Thanksgiving meal and then we can head out of here. So, I'll All start right. off with you, Jordan. What's your favorite Thanksgiving meal? Oh, I'm going to go. I'll go. Your turkey Why guy? I... Yeah. It's, I mean, you haven't only. Once or twice a year, and it's usually Thanksgiving Thursday, and then leftovers on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go turkey. Okay, New America. My uh, my mom makes sweet potatoes with candy pecans on top. Oh, and that is like my crack. Like I just, <laughs> I specifically ask her to make like a, a whole uh, pan Separate. for me, so yeah. that I have some to bring home from my leftovers that I bring home. So, yeah, awesome. sweet potatoes with, with candy pecans. Are you a turkey guy or are you uh, one of those guys that think it's too dry? Um, I honestly like will eat the dry turkey because then you just slather it in gravy and it tastes just right. fine. So, yeah, I <laughs> my family usually makes turkey and ham because I have a fairly large family and yeah, people don't like turkey, don't like ham. They can have whatever. But, yeah, so I usually have turkey and ham to go with buns and taters and all that kind of stuff. Huh? What about you, Malcolm? What's it? What's your go-to? Oh, man, you already know what mine is, man. That that mac, that mac and cheese, man. That that the oven, mm. that 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 homemade mac and cheese, man. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Middle Eastern. So a lot of our our dishes are Middle Eastern. I'll I'll give you an English, I'll give you an American dish though. So um, 
it might just probably the, honestly the mac and cheese the mashed potatoes and mac and cheese is just it's just different dude that, that is a that is a different breed of thanksgiving and same with jordan i don't eat turkey out throughout the year i only eat on thanksgiving and right it just hits different on on thanksgiving i don't even really love the taste of it and i think it's kind of dry and you can <laughs> splatter the, the gravy on it yep but it's like it's thanksgiving you have to eat it so it's like I'm, yeah I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna refuse turkey on thanksgiving are you yeah. guys team uh pecan pie or uh pumpkin pie uh, pumpkin pie all day. It may be switching, but I was normally pumpkin. I, I I'm liking pecan more lately as a guy. Oh, I, I, I like pecan, man. Yeah, the pecan one's good, but something about fall and pumpkin pie it hits differently too. I legit have both. I like both of them. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take a slice of both. Fair play. Fair play. Fair play. Smart man. Calories are thrown out the window on Thanksgiving. Oh, Don't worry right. about anything on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think that is going to be a wrap. Should be a hopefully fun game for both teams. I hope both teams have fun. Hopefully the Lions win on Thanksgiving. Um, you don't have to hope too hard. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> appreciate you guys joining us and helping us break down the Packers. Uh, phenomenal time with you guys. And obviously I'm down to do this next year or maybe in the playoffs. I told you we only see you guys in the playoffs. That's true. Playoffs. It's playoffs. Matt LaFleur even said, he's like, I was like I'm, not, I'm not doing the Jim Mora voice today. I just want to win a game. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very much our, our uh, MO right now. If they make the playoffs and play, and, and play the Lions, I will come on here and eat my words that they weren't going to make it. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I bet you hope that happens. You know, like you, well, you want oh, yeah. your opinion. Yeah. So, I would, I, yeah, it's, it's much easier. Uh, wanting them to win, then the times that we're like, do we want a better pick? It's like, oh, oh it's I so can't. lame to do that, dude. I, oh, I, I, I we, we have that discussion every single year on this time. I hated of year. doing it these last like four <laughs> weeks. It's like, oh, if we lose, we get like two. Maybe we can get Caleb Williams. No, winning is fun. It's I fun. had fun last week. So, yeah. I agree. Last. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys for joining us again. That's going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. I am signing out, guys. Peace. All right, John's your boy Malcolm, and I'm out, man. Peace. Thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>